This is the KGEZ Good Morning Show with John Hendricks and Robin Mitchell. Now, Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. 15 minutes with one of Northwest Montana's newsmakers. Glacier Bank's totally free checking saves you both time and money. Visit your nearest Glacier Bank office today. There's a convenient location near you. Glacier Bank, member FDIC and an equal housing lender. And this morning, we welcome Kalispell Police Chief Jordan Venezio. Good morning, guys. Yeah, good, good morning. morning, Jordan. Uh, yeah, on a morning like this, when you got a lot of fog and some black ice in the area, the officers are probably really watching out for people who are maybe driving a little erratically. Yes, they... The roads get really slick at this with this fog, and our officers get busy with mostly rear-end accidents, people not stopping mm. in time and sliding into the car in front of well, them. I, I noticed uh, coming in this morning that uh, it was uh, uh, some people were having a little time, hard time getting off, you know, starting like at an intersection, and they were misjudging the cars coming. They thought they had plenty of time, but they took them a while to to, to, to get going, and sure. they wind up out there in the middle of Main Street, and here comes a car. Yeah, it's always best to to expect it to take you a lot more time than usual to get through yeah. intersections and make those stops and turns. And yeah, about a week ago, I, I saw someone uh, from a, a stop turning left, and they were fishtailing because they were accelerating as they turned left. Yeah. So it's always a surprise. <laughs> yeah, this sort of thing, uh, uh, it, it takes, uh, takes your officers off the road or off of uh, patrol, regular patrol and things like that when they have to stop and investigate a crash. Yeah, car accidents are a significant um, amount of our, our calls. We respond to over a thousand a year just in the city. And mm -hmm. each one of those, I would say, take no less than 20 minutes and typically for multiple officers to respond. In. And of course, and that's when there's well, no injuries. Right, with no yeah. injuries. <laughs> when there's injuries involved, it's a whole different deal. Yes. <laughs> it sure is. Well, this is, we bring this up because uh, we're becoming uh, acu ac acutely aware now that, uh, boy, you guys, you and the fire department are responding to an awful lot of incidents. Yeah, we reached 37,000 calls last year, and it was a, a record year, and it keeps, it keeps growing. And what we're seeing is the difference between our officers being able to proactively police and just responding to calls for service. Uh, which is the opposite of what we want. We want our officers to be able to engage with the community proactively, you know, look for things that prevent crime rather than just mm -hmm. responding from call to call. Yeah. So um, talk with us about this levy and how it's going to help you take better care of us. Yeah. So the levy, the levy is March 19th. That's when the ballots are due. And you know, our role is to provide education on what our needs are as a department. And obviously, as a service provider, we want to provide the best service for our community. But the beauty of a levy is the community gets to uh, decide of what, what that level of service will be. And so we're just sharing information of what our challenges are, um, our response times, the types of crimes that we're dealing with, our staffing levels, and the community will get to have a voice in what policing will look like for Kalispell as we move forward. Now, as a police officer for a long time here on the Kalispell mm -hmm. Department, uh, Give us a comparison between a uh, response time, say, when you first started versus what it is now. You know, we don't have the exact data to say, you know, how many minutes our response time uh, was, but I, I can say that it has been increasing year after year, and we're at the point now where our response time is over nine minutes, uh, our average to a high-priority call, 
So that's a call that's emergent. Um, it's taking officers on average over nine minutes to get there. Um, a national average is five minutes. So, so that speaks to uh, the need for more officers, I guess. Yeah, m more officers. And then also a factor is what types of calls the officers are on that is taking them much longer to complete. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like I see as many red lights, red and blue lights uh, and sirens flying around as I did when I was a kid. Is that because you're being a little more stealthy? <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, a lot of that is probably due to the proactive side of policing. A lot of your proactive right. policing are pedestrian stops, traffic stops, you know, officers um, engaging with the community just by things that they observe, which is what you want law enforcement to be able to do. Mm -hmm. um, our violent crime is up 87% over four years. And so as far as critical types of calls, those are increasing drastically you know, as, we, as we move ahead. You know, nobody really understands what a police officer does until you need one. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get it in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, they have a, they have a really hard job and they have to make decisions really fast with pretty little information and they have to do the best they can with that. Always keeping in mind people's, people's rights, people's dignity, being professional. And these situations are chaotic and they're, they're hard to deal with. I'm very proud of our police department and how they handle that. What amazes me is the way that you deal with some of the nastiest individuals on the planet and you treat them with respect. I think we have to. You know, our, our job in law enforcement is not to judge. Our job is to protect the community. And if people make mistakes or commit crimes, our job is to bring them to justice. It's not to judge people. That, that comes from somewhere else. And I think for us to have the trust and respect of the community, professionalism is it's mandatory at our department and you'll see it when they go out there. They're very professional police department. Well, we're talking with Kalispell Police Chief Jordan Venezio and we'll come back and uh, talk a bit more about the levy, but I want to get some kind of an understanding of uh, some of the situations that you're dealing with here in the city and we'll do that right after this. If you've been dreaming about a spring getaway, consider the Red Lion in Kalispell. Give me 60 seconds and you'll see what I mean. This is Katie Persinger for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. The Red Lion transforms into a New Orleans-like Mardi Gras, February 23rd, 6 to 10 p.m. From lively music to colorful costumes, masks, and beads, you'll be transported to the Big Easy. It's not only for a good time, the gala raises money for the Flathead Food Bank. With the needed funds, they'll be able to expand to be the distribution hub for pantries across Northwest Montana. Event ticket information is on the Flathead Food Bank's Facebook page or visit their website at flatheadfoodbank.org. Click events for more details. We think a fun spring getaway right down the road sounds dreamy. Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. Here again is John Hendricks. Kalispell Police Chief Jordan Venezio is joining us this morning. Depot Park, this has always been kind of a hotbed of, uh, well, I don't know if his word is crime, but certainly uh, a, a hotbed of activity. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, Depot Park is an area that has certainly been voiced to me as a concern for the community quite frequently. And it's a, it's a tough balance for law enforcement because we we deal with crime, right? That's what we need to respond to. We need to respond to criminal activity. And that's what people need to separate is that sometimes the things that they're seeing that they don't like at Depot Park is not a crime. 
And so it's been a challenge for us to uh, be able to communicate that with certain segments of the community, but also to en enforce the laws that are in the books to make sure that our community gets to enjoy public places. Well, I think we're going to see a lot more, uh, um, a lot more activity as uh, the uh, uh, the old train station there becomes the home of the Council Parks and Rec Department. Yeah, I think that's a it's a great use of space for the city. It's a cost savings for the taxpayers for us to be able to utilize an already publicly owned building for a great service like Parks and Rec. And I think anytime you can get more activity in an area, that naturally is also going to prevent you know, vagrancy and, and, and crime from occurring in the first place. Now, before my wife and I uh, went to Spain, we were warned about it being the pickpocket capital of the world, and we were warned to stay away from groups of people, people that were in crowds. Do we, is that part of the uh, situation at Depot Park and event gatherings? Uh, is there more crime just because there's more people there and opportunity well, I think guys? anytime you have people congregated yeah. together, um, mm -hmm. especially under certain conditions, it'll, it'll bring more crime, more disorderly behavior, more arguments. Um, and that is certainly something that we've seen. So a uh, word of advice to those attending, uh, be alert, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, be aware of your surroundings, but also understand that Depot Park and the Kalispell Parks, they're still very safe places yeah. to go, but mm -hmm. just be aware. Well, the one thing that's going to change dramatically in Depot Park is the amount of parks and rec activity there because they're going to be using the park grounds for yeah. a lot of the stuff they do. Yep. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think we'll just see a natural byproduct, not necessarily an intention of the move there, but like I said before, having people occupying those places, it's no mm -hmm. different than... You know, last night we heard of a, a group that's wanting to build mountain bike trails through Lawrence Park and having routine activity through those parks. That prevents criminal activity. We know that. Just people mm -hmm. understanding that the public will be coming through, there's activity, they don't want to be seen. It, it'll keep it a safer place. Mm, that's interesting. Great. Yeah. So is, is that, was that one of the plans for our slip of funds? So that uh, was a suggestion by the Chamber of Commerce. They They basically presented a board that they gathered and there it's a safety plan a downtown mm. action plan of wow. things that ideas concepts mm -hmm. um that they want to explore in them taking part in keeping cowspell safe did uh, the council approve your two police cruisers they did yes all right oh, nice yeah boy and that was a, a lesson you've been saying this that i i just have never put the numbers together what was it a hundred and thirty Thirty some thousand dollars thirty three thousand for two vehicles and that's been a a major challenge for us with our fleet is the strikes at the auto workers unions, mm -hmm. um, the crisis after COVID with getting chips for cars and the backlog on vehicles. Mm -hmm. And it really hurt us. And I'm very, very thankful for city council for recognizing the need and adjusting the budget to allow us to get these two cars because it, it was really needed. So how soon will you get them? Uh, we have the vehicles in Livingston right now. So now they'll get upfitted immediately and we should have them in eight to 10 weeks. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it would be great. What kind of upgrades goes into these vehicles? Now, they're not just regular Ford uh, Explorers that come off the, off the assembly line. No, so uh, Ford offers police packages that have basic wiring capable of adjusting to all the, the police needs. So we'll have obviously light bars, sirens installed, uh, cages, you know, a divider between the back seat and the front seat. They'll change out the back seat into a plastic seat makes it easier to clean out mm -hmm. um, 
makes it harder to hide things in the the nooks and crevices back there. We'll get radio, uh, car cameras installed, printers for our digi-ticket systems. Um, what else? A computer system goes in. There, there's a lot. And, of course, being that. able to hit the Wi-Fi. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we use a Verizon access card, so we have Wi-Fi everywhere. And it's a, it's a different world, even from when I started at the police department. We didn't have computers and cars. So you must have a, a pretty moxie tech department that keeps these things tweaked and operating then, too. Huh? Yeah, we, we utilize the city's IT department, and uh, they're over at our, at our site a lot <laughs> working with okay. us. And we always joke with them that we're going to steal one of their employees and just have them work full time because it's, we have a lot of need for technology. Yeah. Just put him in a uniform. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Yes. But, uh, well, that's a, that's a good thing that... Uh, you guys are going to get finally get those cars. Yes, that's great. And uh, and I would imagine there's going to be more needed, and maybe that's part of this levy too. Yeah, so the levy includes some equipment needs, and all this ties into the consultant study that we had done a couple years back and identifying the needs for us to meet best practices and national standards. And with this levy is a, a shared equipment allotment between police and fire for mm-hmm. any type of equipment needs that, that arise. Oh, that's nice. Well, one of the other things we've talked about before, and maybe we can remind folks again about just what it costs to outfit an officer. Yeah, so a new officer, he'll be outfitted with a few hundred dollars in uniforms. He will be outfitted with a ballistic vest. Just a vest is $1,000 their belt and sidearm and rifle, you're looking at four or $5,000. The police academy, it's thousands of dollars in the training itself, plus the salary while they're there. And we have a field training program. So you're, you're probably pushing $100,000 just to get an officer through initial training and outfitting mm-hmm. um, before he or she can actually work patrol. And then when they get and then when they get here, they've got to go out with another officer and stay that way and uh, yep. and a year of probation. A year of probation, 14 week minimum field training program with another officer. And you know it's a long time, but it's also important. It's a hard job sure. and it's a lot to try to grasp and we want to make sure that the people, the product that goes out into our community is one that we're proud of and one that's capable of doing the job. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the jail. This is always a fun subject. Robin will lead you into that one right after this. How's your day going? All right. Well, it's about to get even better. This is Jolene for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. I have news that will help your life run smoother, more efficiently, and maybe just a little more fun. Glacier Bank's brand new online banking platform has launched. That's right, your better banking experience is here. Go online or download our new Glacier Bank app in the App Store or Google Play Store. This platform is a pleasure to navigate and it securely takes care of your banking needs quickly so you can get back to your day or night. Experience streamlined 24-7 access from your computer, tablet, and smartphone. We know you are going to like it. Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. Here again is Robin Mitchell. Our conversation uh, today with Kalispell Police Chief uh, Jordan Venizio. And uh, we had a story earlier this morning about the uh, Department of Corrections having to move candidates out and 
jail populations in counties have people on the waiting list to go to the state prison. What is the status of uh, our jail population right now, Jordan? You know, it's crowded. Um, it's been a struggle throughout my entire career of being able to balance the population of the jail so that our officers can bring accountability to those that they arrest out in the community. And it's it's just getting worse every year. You know, it's similar to you know, our question of the community with the levy and what our service uh, expectations and requirements are and is that being met? Um, mm-hmm. And at, at the jail currently, it, it's not being met. It's not able to meet the capacity needs that our community has. And it's something that the question needs to be answered of how we move forward with that. Now, we have property, I think, that is designed for that, but I don't know what the future holds exactly. Yeah, it's my understanding that uh, there is opportunity with property that's owned by the county. And I'll preface all this with the jails are run by the county. I don't right. work for the county. I'm not right. the sheriff, mm-hmm. uh, although I work hand in hand with them. So I'm, I'm definitely not an expert in, in the jail. Uh, I can just tell you from the law enforcement perspective from a community that utilizes a county jail of what those struggles are. Um, I know they have had studies done of what the needs are for a jail and some design plans and estimates of what that would cost, which is an enormous amount of money for a new jail. And it'll just keep getting bigger every year. Mm-hmm. I know even look back four, six years when they were looking at a jail, the cost has close to doubled since then. Yeah, now, uh, it, correct me, John, if I'm wrong, they have property selected. They do, uh, yeah, on the south edge of Kalispell. Yeah, they've got property selected. Uh, and uh, I think the, uh, the county is talking about going out for a bond issue probably this fall. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, that's something where I think it's important for government to put important things in front of the community members and let them decide of what they see is most fit. Mm-hmm. And part of that, though, is making sure that the community understands the challenges and has the actual facts and not the rumors or the politics, yeah. but the actual mm-hmm. facts of what our challenges are. And then they mm-hmm. can decide. And that's all we can really ask. Where's the best uh, place to get that information? You know, for our levy, you can go to the cityofcalispell.com and we have a page dedicated just to everything with the levy. Uh, there's a really nice link that our GIS department built where you can actually click on your address. It'll tell you exactly the annual monthly cost of the levy for you. Wow. Um, hmm. It'll break down everything that the levy comes with. We have a FAQ page for frequently asked questions. Really informative uh, page hmm. that our... Uh, Amy Brunkhorst with the city put together for us, and she did a great job. I wouldn't. I would imagine you and uh, your staff would be more than happy to talk to any uh, groups who would like to uh, learn firsthand what it's all about. Absolutely. I don't care if it's one person or a hundred people. I'm willing to meet with anybody and discuss questions. You know, especially the people that are unsure about the need and have maybe doubts. I, I want to talk to those people and make sure that they have the right information so that when they see that ballot they have a choice to make and they're at least making it with all the information accurate. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so service clubs and organizations, churches. Yep. Yeah, yeah we've spoken to a Rotary. We had probably 100 to 150 people yesterday at the Chamber of Commerce luncheon. Mm-hmm. I'll be speaking to the county department heads today. Um, yeah, I've, I've lost track of how many presentations <laughs> I've, I've done on this. You've had a chance to get your stump speech down. Yes, yeah. Uh, myself, <laughs> the city manager, the fire chief, 
uh, we all we all present and ask questions. Anybody can ask us questions, and I feel like we're reaching a lot of people. And you're you're getting the word out, and I think more than anything else, I I think the people I talk with are more aware now of what our our fire department and our police department's doing. It seems like it. It seems like a lot of the information that they're hearing was shocking to them. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the community didn't realize some of the struggles that we have had. Um, and that's really all we can ask is making sure that those people understand the full picture and we'll see where it goes. All right. Chief Venezio, thank you so much. Yeah, thank thanks, you both. Jordan. It's right. Glacier Banks Community Conversations, a service of Glacier Bank where your checking is totally free. Just about anywhere you are in northwest Montana, you'll find a Glacier Bank office nearby. Keeping you connected to your friends and your community, an important part of the mission of Glacier Bank. Member FDIC and an equal housing member.